Hello, my name is JJ Holly, and I'm President and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce. And welcome to another edition of Between the Trees. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Woodlands Online, for helping us put on the program every week. And today I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming our state senator, Brandon Creighton, to the uh, to the program. So thank yeah. you, and uh, welcome back from Austin for a brief day or two. I appreciate it. With JJ. so many special sessions going on. It's good to be home. You know, we've uh, we were supposed to be uh, finished with our our session uh, in late May, early June, and uh -huh. we're still there. Um, governor called us back in for September 20th on redistricting. Yep. Could be more bills added. So it's just great to be back here in the Woodlands today. Well, thank you for all the work you do for us and for representing us. Uh, you uh, you're influential in Austin, and uh, we, we appreciate that. That's how you do business, so thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to represent Montgomery County and um, several counties in southeast Texas, and it's, uh, it's, it's a, a beautiful part of the state. And mm -hmm. uh, in Austin, people know us. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they certainly respect our delegation. Uh, mm -hmm. Robert Nichols uh, and I and uh, Metcalf, Cecil Bell, Steve Toth, we, we work well together as a, as a group, and that's not always the case, but it, it does uh, get results. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the state senate. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I grew up in, uh, in the Conroe area. Uh, mm -hmm. My family's been here a long time. And, uh, you know, my family was very involved and in, in, uh, interested in local politics, uh, the sheriff's race, the mm -hmm. county judge race, uh, had family members on the school board and uh, mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, grew up at the courthouse uh, uh, watching. I had a mother that, you know, my mom worked for a uh, state district judge for a long time and we, we'd be there on the courthouse grounds uh, after school. Uh, we'd be mm -hmm. there for election night returns. Um, and I just, um, you know, ended up uh, separate from that, working my way through college in the Texas Senate at the mm -hmm. Capitol, uh, attending the University of Texas. And at the time, it was just a job. It yep. wasn't a life mission to be in office, but it touched my heart in several mm -hmm. ways. Well, it's a great way to uh, kind of give back and serve. And uh, some people uh, don't understand the finances in the state Senate, that you're, it's not a full-time job. I and mean, even though it seems like you're there, Sure. Full time. Uh, the, the the pay is not full time. No, no, it's uh, mm -hmm. it's true public service. It's, yeah. uh, and you have to have a, certainly a heart and a mind for it mm -hmm. because there's a, a major opportunity cost uh, on uh, you know other things. Certainly, you could be doing in the private sector, and mm -hmm. we're allowed to do that in the interim when we're not working mm -hmm. uh, in the legislative process. But as you can see, uh, it sometimes. Uh, is a never-ending job, and I and I love it. I love the purpose behind it. It's six hundred dollars a month gross. Wow! And so there are a couple of months mm -hmm. uh, that uh, that that when insurance is due and payments mm -hmm. are due, I actually owe the state. Wow! And, and instead of getting a paycheck, so yeah, a lot of people don't know mm -hmm. that, but uh, that's one of the wonderful things that our Texas founders established was mm -hmm. that uh, you you need to be doing this for the right reason, or you need to go back to the house and do something mm -hmm. else. It's a citizen legislature. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's also not a nine to five job. I mean, committee hearings I see happen at uh, goodness, you know, ten o'clock at night, midnight, two in yeah. the morning, especially with a condensed schedule of that our state legislature only meeting once every two years. There's a lot of work to get done in about five or six months. Yes, no, our, our regular session uh, for the ninth largest economy in the world, our, mm -hmm. uh, which is Texas, mm -hmm. uh, we surpassed Russia in our gross domestic product. Mm -hmm. Our regular session is uh, five months every other year, mm -hmm. like you're talking about. And uh, 
when we have a committee hearing, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, we, we talk about the distinctions between uh, Texas and, and what we see in Washington, D.C., or what we don't see there. Mm-hmm. And one key distinction is that in Washington, D.C., uh, for a member of the public to testify on a bill, you have to be invited. So in Austin, at the state capitol here in Texas, we cherish that public testimony, mm-hmm. and it has a major impact on the decisions we make. Mm-hmm. That's why we're the you know best state in the country for to start a business, to raise a family. That's right. Uh, we still balance a budget. Uh, we we make decisions mm-hmm. with with common sense, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, and we we get things done. And and a large part of that is because those hearings, mm-hmm. even though they can be uh, very extensive, uh, mm-hmm. but everyone has their say. Mm-hmm. And I've personally seen members across the committee dais change their mind and uh, turn on a dime with just mm-hmm. someone we've never met before, not an expert, might be from Hereford, Texas, <laughs> might be from you know Wichita yep. Falls, yep. Uh, might be from Conroe, might be from the Woodlands, who yep. knows? But uh, I've seen those opinions change our minds, and that's mm-hmm. the value of, of that common sense being there at the table. And before we get to uh, uh, kind of a, a summary of what's going on in Austin in the state legislature, we've got a local issue in corporation, and there's a bill. No you, way. You, you don't say. Well, a lot of yeah. people don't know about it. Okay. I'm, uh, yeah. uh, I'm glad I was able to tell you about <laughs> yeah. it, you know, and let you know. And it's, uh, it's, it's contentious. You know, uh, there are people that are on, on both sides, but yeah. at the end of the day, we're all one community, and we want what's we want to live in a great place and keep it the best place to live and work and play and do business. Right. Uh, there, you were integral in some legislation uh, a couple of sessions ago that affected annexation of the woodlands. What? Yes. How does that work for the woodlands? Well, there there were uh, two bills, one local bill and one statewide bill mm-hmm. that that I uh, was. You know, very pleased to be an author of both pieces of legislation. The statewide legislation, Senator Donna Campbell and I uh, were uh, the authors of, and we passed that legislation that made a 30-year change in annexation law. So uh, prior to that time, uh, municipalities could annex into their uh, extraterritorial jurisdictions, into their ETJs, mm-hmm. without uh, those being annexed having a right to vote on yes or no. Mm-hmm. on being taken in uh, to that uh, political subdivision. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to change the law on that uh, to give um, those uh, that were being taken in, uh, you know, the right to vote and the right to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Uh, separate from that, uh, anticipating that at some point in time the, the Woodlands might consider uh, incorporation and becoming a municipality. And I didn't know when that might be. I didn't know Mm -hmm. if it might be within a couple of years Mm -hmm. or within 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew with a regional participation agreement with Houston and uh, sort of the Woodland, Houston having a a moratorium on any aggressive nature towards the Woodlands, Mm -hmm. that there would be a day where that agreement would expire. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I passed a local bill uh, for the Woodlands to make sure that at any time incorporation was on the table, that the Woodlands residents would have the right to say yes or no mm-hmm. at the ballot box. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that, of both of those pieces mm-hmm. of legislation, because I think that they fit together well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very much needed, and it, we would have been remiss uh, being in the situation that 
we're in now in considering policies like this without having given the public the right mm -hmm. uh, to, to have a say. So. And it's nice to have that threat taken off the table that it really is our choice. We can't be forcibly annexed and we have time. Uh, the the uh, participation, the RPAs, the agreements don't expire till the year 2057. They can even be renegotiated and extended if the parties choose. But even if that expires, we would still have to vote to be annexed by another city like Houston. Uh, that's right, Houston or Conroe. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, many people don't realize that Conroe's ETJs are 300 square miles. Uh, they're larger than just about any city, mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, definitely of its size, but really any city in mm -hmm. Texas. It, you'd, be, it's, you'd be hard pressed to find another municipality other than a city like Houston or Dallas that mm -hmm. has that kind of reach. So um, Houston to the south, Conroe to the north, mm -hmm. I think the Woodlands uh, future and its, its governance uh, should be left to its residents to decide uh, what they prefer. That regional participation agreement uh, that, has, uh, that is in effect with the city of Houston, uh, it, it, is, uh, it, it is still in effect. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing in our annexation law changes had uh, any um, change over that whatsoever. It certainly didn't rescind it, so that mm -hmm. contract is valid. Yep. Uh, but uh, the importance of uh, the Woodlands residents and homeowners having a say in their future and in their governance is uh, that's paramount, and, and that's what you know was our intention to protect, and it's there now. And, and there is a, uh, a concern that I've heard voiced that the, the law was passed uh, by the legislature, but there's been no uh, challenge to it, and that there could be some sort of a uh, court case that might uh, nullify or weaken that legislation. Yeah, you know, it, it's always uh, interesting to, to consider that litigation could take place in the future. I mean, uh, we're a litigious society. Uh, you, you can just about bring a lawsuit for anything you want to uh, these days, but would there be merit behind that, that, that uh, particular suit, or would it be successful in overturning a statute? I, 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 my opinion is no. Uh, I think that uh, the local government code and, and annexation laws are well established over the over the past several decades, and uh, the changes that were made, uh, just like thousands of bills we consider in the legislative process, though those were about six thousand a year. Yeah, that's right. Those, <laughs> every two years. Every two yeah. years, we think. You yes. know, now we're still there, but uh, yeah, I think that those changes and, and revisions we made for annexation reform are, are very sound, and I, I don't expect, if challenged, them to be changed at all. Well, thank you for your expertise on that and for doing that work for us. Absolutely. Because we all want to be protected and be able to make our own choice because this is a huge decision. Uh, that's on the ballot this this year uh, to vote if the world is, become, is going to become a city, but we are free from that threat of being forcibly annexed yes. by Conroe Houston. Yes, that's good to know. And that is so important. Uh, I, I think um, you know, passage of, of both of those bills is just uh, an example of uh, enjoying what I do. Uh, also, it's my job to listen uh, to what uh, local governments need, but also what our homeowners and our businesses need and. Uh, that's all sort of a culmination of our of our people here, and so uh, I think those good ideas that were brought to us, and we were 
we were able, we were tasked with the challenge mm -hmm. to, to get them passed. It wasn't easy. The annexation reform bill statewide, uh, it took a few sessions and it was very difficult. It even brought a filibuster uh, mm -hmm. as, a, you know, as in the Senate as a tactic to, to yeah. uh, you know, from a parliamentary standpoint to defeat the effort. And usually it's the it's the, the most hot button issues of the day that will bring a filibuster in. And that issue did. Wow. So I did not know that story. Yeah. Well, uh, what else is going on in Austin? It's uh, it's always interesting when the legislature's in session, and especially now it's been extended. Yes. Uh, you guys have done a lot of work. Yeah, you know, yeah. Will Rogers said there's no greater threat to life, liberty, and property than when the legislature's in session. So hopefully we're uh, we're, we're working against that trend and uh -huh. doing good things for our property owners, for our life and our mm -hmm. liberty. And and uh, in my opinion, we are. We we we've accomplished some uh, some really big issues. We tackled a, a grid, Texas uh, electricity grid uh, reform effort after mm -hmm. uh, the. Uh, Polar vortex freeze in February, which was an amazing event to yeah. have that occur. Yes, you know, a lot of people mm -hmm. felt like our grid was is broken. Our, really, what we found through uh, hours and hours of testimony is that we had bad management decisions. Mm -hmm. We we certainly had a crisis. We had a, a, an extreme spike in demand versus the supply that uh, is currently within the grid. Uh, we don't see that much in the winter around here. We don't, we don't mm. see a polar vortex that you would have in, in a Minnesota winter or in Canada or, you know, just yeah, somewhere. Yeah, my, my heating uh, air conditioning unit is, stays off for a few months, usually. It should. Winter. Yeah, absolutely. Even though my wife complains it's too cold, but, uh, but you, you know. know put a hat on or something. No, no. Whatever she needs, <laughs> you know. I, I know better than that. But we, we, uh, we, de we definitely never see, uh, you know, uh, minus Mm -hmm. You know, zero temperatures um, for a period of days and the kind of uh, loss of life and property and, mm -hmm. and the, the, the damage that, that was experienced. But uh, we made uh, significant changes, uh, essentially firing the head coaches for the Public Utility Commission and ERCOT, which ERCOT is the referee in the playing field that is the grid itself, uh, all the market participants that provide power. Mm -hmm. Uh, they all play within the rules of the playground, and ERCOT uh, is is that referee in that mm -hmm. playing field and, and manages uh, and sort of calibrates the, the, the market principles that have been laid out. And there were some really awful decisions made during that crisis. And so uh, we wanted to make sure that that never happened again. So all of the governor's appointees on the Public Utility Commission were replaced during session. And the uh, ERCOT uh, president and, uh, and, and and senior leadership team was replaced. We also made sure that no ERCOT board members uh, can live outside of Texas because mm -hmm. we had from Michigan to Switzerland, we had expertise, but uh, they weren't providing the expertise that we needed to avoid that kind of a crisis. And, and they we weren't living. We it. just didn't feel like they were here and rooted yeah. in understanding yeah. Texas issues, and mm -hmm. and and weren't living through it. Just as you mentioned, so that change was made as well. And then we implemented some some uh, you know uh, industry changing weatherization requirements that will make sure that the next time something like that happens, our gas pipelines feeding our thermal generation plants were will you know be able to deliver that natural gas. Mm -hmm that they'll be uh, weatherized and insulated in ways that 
that we can plan for. In the north, power plants are in brick buildings, gas lines are underground. Yep. In the south, we engineer and design and build things differently. We build power plants so they can breathe. So uh, they can, we're worried about heat. They can here. make it through uh, ninety mm-hmm. days or or more of of hundred plus degree weather. Yep. And a lot of our gas lines coming into those plants are above ground. Mm-hmm. So um, it's all related to cost. How much do you want your utility bill to be? How much um, you know corrective measures should we implement for winter weather that will cost you that will cause you to pay more? Yeah. And then uh, there's always a price tag. There's to always a price reliability. Tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got to make a decision and have a good balance. Yes, but I, I think we've recalibrated that balance, and that will be good going forward. And there's a 60-point plan by the new ERCOT leadership team that we'll continue to see implemented beyond mm-hmm. what our legislation was. And yeah. I think the public will be in good shape. What else did we accomplish? Uh, for the first time ever, a state is going to build its own border wall. Mm-hmm. No matter how we feel about the border, uh, how we feel about getting a hold, uh, handle on uh, the, the influx of the porous nature of our border, mm-hmm. uh, we have a serious issue with human trafficking, with guns, with uh, drug trafficking, and with the, the rise uh, in the strengthening of the cartel and how that they are uh, setting up shop as they have for a long time in the Houston region, which affects the woodlands. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we are going to make sure that we have uh, a physical barrier. We're going to make sure that uh, we have uh, sensors and, and uh, uh, technology, uh, mm-hmm. the use of drones. Uh, you know, water- yeah, it's more than it's called a wall, but it's yeah. more than you know, steel and concrete. It it's is. really a, 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 an entire security system. It is. I mean, that, that plan involves boats. It involves... Uh, uh, aircraft, it involves drones, it involves uh, what what you and I might consider to be high-tech deer stands mm-hmm. where they're connected by laser sensors and, mm-hmm. and by um, sometimes uh, uh, the human element uh, is in, in, incorporated into that and sometimes mm-hmm. uh, it's all camera related. It just mm-hmm. depends on where it is. But uh, we, we the, the influx of, uh, of, of crossings and the way it's changed in the last year alone is just unsustainable for us. Uh, so uh, we also in, uh, created some state jail felony uh, trespassing uh, laws that will allow those crossing to uh, be processed through the system uh, for illegal crossing right then mm-hmm. instead of uh, taking names and numbers and hoping that they come back for a federal hearing within 90 to 120 days, which we're only seeing about 20% that actually come back to the federal I'm hearing. you're seeing as much as 20%. No kidding. Uh, so we're, we're doing some things there that have really made a difference. And it's a shame how the media makes it a, a, a partisan issue mm-hmm. because we have uh, Democrat sheriffs, Republican sheriffs, mm-hmm. not just one of each, many of each, mm-hmm. from the border region pleading with us in our hearings and public testimony, please help us with this issue. This is nothing to do with party politics, but mm-hmm. un- unfortunately, the media sells it that way. Well, it gets eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it gets readership. It yeah. uh, anytime you 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 know you flame the fire, uh, fan the fire, mm-hmm. you, uh, you 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 uh, you get people to pay attention, and unfortunately, yeah. that's where we uh, ended up with uh, you know the, the the media's agenda. But on mm-hmm. on that end, as we work to. To continue to provide some common sense, uh, we had a constitutional carry passed, mm-hmm. which many uh, Texans did not realize there were 
you know, 20 other states uh, that had, had passed similar. You still have to have a background check to buy a firearm. Nothing changed yeah. on that end. So bad guys can't have one. As we know, uh, bad guys normally don't wait on an approval process to get a firearm. True. And Texans, we cherish our Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. And so we made sure that uh, we continue to take steps in that category with campus carry, with concealed carry, with with uh, you know open carry. We always heard so many negatives on uh, this is going to be pandemonium in the Wild mm -hmm. West. We've had very little crime element related You've to any of those shootouts at the OK Corral and all. None. And we, we expect the same as we take uh, these additional steps for constitutional rights. Vermont, the state of Vermont, has never required a concealed carry permit, license. The Constitution Home is of, their uh, license. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. most of us don't imagine that the state of Vermont would respect the Second Amendment uh, more than Texans, but uh, huh. it, finally in 2021, we caught up with Vermont. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we balanced our budget. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a $250 billion budget. Uh, in a COVID, uh, and that's for two years. So that's for two years uh, yeah. in a, in a COVID economic recovery uh, budgeting cycle. For because the, the outlook did not look so good from the comptroller. Terrible in the beginning. We had four million Texans out of work, and we expected a three billion dollar shortfall. So we were able to balance our budget, run lean as we should, as everyone uh, at their kitchen table is doing with with their own, you know, their own checkbook and running their own business. And we, uh, we, you know, we made some tough decisions, but uh, we held public education funding uh, where it should be. Uh, no cuts there. Actually, added to it, and higher education funding we added to that as well. Uh, and then on the we ended up with it with a bit of a surplus. We did, but, yeah, which was good. We we which did. also protected the rainy day fund. We did with our rainy day fund savings accounts protected. Uh, the, the the comptroller's estimates on revenue, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. were, were revised from where we came into session thinking we were at a deficit and uh, where we ended up in the spring, sales tax receipts were just credit to our small businesses uh, out there. Uh, our sales tax receipts, because of the hard work of those businesses keeping their doors open and just being innovative, uh, we were able to sustain, uh, you know, our budgeting process. Free enterprise sometimes finds a way. You know, in spite of government. Yeah. And so it, we we just, uh, in Texas, we value uh, our, our businesses. We value our economic, we, we value our economic engine and, and, and uh, our workforce. And uh, we certainly, you know, make sure that those priorities show in the legislation we pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some other high points that uh, that you got going on? I, we have special sessions now, so yes, we're entering into a redistricting session. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, uh, you know, following the census every ten years after the federal government certifies the population count for the country. Uh, mm -hmm. Each state has its own numbers, and yeah, that's in the Constitution. Yep, right. we count ourselves every every. Every uh, decade. It, it is, yeah. and, it, and it's in the Constitution uh, following that, that the state legislatures, just as we can, we have jurisdiction over our election laws, which mm -hmm. we passed a big election reform bill, Yeah, uh, we also have jurisdiction over our maps. So State House, State Senate, Congress, mm -hmm. uh, all of our congressional delegation maps, they were, they are all, uh, we're starting the process now mm -hmm. to redraw all of those for the next 10 years. Wow. So my, uh, the map that I serve under, Senate District 4, 
it was drawn by Democrats uh, almost 40 years ago, where uh, Montgomery County and Jefferson County at Beaumont, um, you know, are tied together in one mm -hmm. Senate district that uh, gives a population count that averages out to be similar to the population in all the other, um, all you know, the other 31, 30 state Senate district seats, excluding ours. Yeah. So uh, it's it's fascinating how it works. It's a really tough process. Uh, everybody in redistricting uh, wants what they want. Uh, mm -hmm. They have preferences, but rarely do you you know do you you get your list. It's, well, that's democracy in action. It, right it there. is. It's it all is. about compromise. In the public hearings, again, uh, as we mentioned, the difference between public hearings and in uh, in our state capital and in Washington. Our public hearings will have a lot of influence over the way these maps look. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, you did mention the election bill. Uh, what are some facts about the bill that maybe we're not quite aware of? Yeah, it was uh, fr it was frustrating, but typical that the media reported our uh, election reform bill as uh, oppressing uh, the right to vote, and so. You had talk show hosts all over the country talking about the Texas election reform effort and uh, Jim Crow law references and so many things that mm -hmm. uh, just weren't true. In fact, we in, in our election reform bill, we expand early voting in Texas. We've had early voting in Texas for decades. The president's home state of Delaware still doesn't have early voting. So mm -hmm. you, you, you never hear that mm -hmm. in, the, in the media comparisons. Um, we we had so one, Delaware votes all on election on, day. On election day, they, they have, don't have two or three weeks. They can conveniently go to a location prior to election day. They they, they have not. They have yeah. since passed recently mm -hmm. uh, an early voting bill that will give a few days early voting, mm -hmm. but it hasn't taken effect yet. Interesting. So okay. all this time that Texas has had early voting, and now we're working to expand early voting even more, mm -hmm. uh, there are many states that have not had it at all, and mm -hmm. if they pass it like Delaware, like mm -hmm. President Biden's state, it hasn't even enacted yet. Mm -hmm. There was one county during coronavirus 2020, Harris County, out of 254 counties, mm -hmm. that went outside of the election code, the established policies and statutes within the election code that have been uh, placed in the code based on public hearings at the state capitol in Austin, Harris County separated from every other county in the state and enacted some COVID variances allowing for 24-hour voting and drive-up voting. Mm -hmm. And so this bill clarifies that not only is that not law, it's never been law in mm -hmm. Texas. The, the national media couched that narrative <laughs> as that we were uh, getting rid of early 24-hour uh, voting and drive-up voting in Texas, Texas as a whole, mm -hmm. implying that we had that statewide mm -hmm. and that said nothing about it being a variance that a local government did all on its own. Mm -hmm. And because that, was cl that clarification was made that it's never existed in law, uh, the national media couched that as Texas was oppressing voter rights. Mm -hmm. there, there, there is the reason why... Uh, states do not approve 24-hour voting and drive-up voting is there are just many ways uh, that fraud can take place in both of those examples. Our parents t always told us nothing good happens after midnight, right? <laughs> and so when the election polls close, 
Um, it, you know, it, it has always been the case that the processing, uh, the, the public safeguards, all, Checks of the, and all the things that, that, check, observers. that check and balance mm -hmm. the system itself mm -hmm. and, the, and protect the ballots themselves, it's always been done prior to that time. But one county in Texas tried to change the, you know, the, the mm -hmm. mindset, the national narrative on uh, how we do things in Texas. We have very sound elections in Texas. We, got, we used to use that Dominion software years ago that was mm -hmm. very controversial this last time around. Mm -hmm. We saw problems inherent in that. We got rid of it. Uh, we've got a, a really good laws on the books, but uh, we just strengthen those. Mm -hmm. And it will allow more people to vote less people to cheat. Uh, since we've revised our election laws over the past few years, the voter rolls have grown in a compounded, just astounding rate above population growth. Mm -hmm. So it's so kind more of, people are taking part in the process. But m millions more. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard to make the argument that we've dialed back voter rights in mm -hmm. Texas over the past few years when the, the, the population of Texas is voting well beyond the population growth trends. It's just, it's irrefutable. So Facts do matter. Yeah, they do matter. As we've seen during uh, COVID, you know, yeah. there are a lot of sets of facts. It's hard mm -hmm. to keep up with the information. And it's just important that uh, we all continue to be united, uh, mm -hmm. to work together, uh, to work our way through uh, different sets of facts in a civil manner. And, you know, uh, go have a burger or a beer afterwards and get along, even if we yeah. disagree. So that's my, my message for today. That's what I have to do in the legislature every yeah. single day. I have members that are yeah. my closest friends oppose me. That's right. On the very next bill, <laughs> I have to have them, and they come through for me. That's right. So thanks for, you know, mentioning the, the yeah. legislature in the session. Well, thank yeah. you for being here. Anything else you want to mention before we close up? No, I, I think that uh, we'll work through this process, as you mentioned, JJ, on incorporation locally. Uh, I just I want to remind everyone to wh whichever side you come down on it, as with as, as is the case with any of these issues, to work through it civilly and We're all and, neighbors. And, and yeah, do yeah. do the best we can to uh, tackle each tough issue because we live in challenging times. That we're going to have many tough issues before us, but we have to work through it together. And how would someone contact your office if they had any questions or wanted to follow up on any bill or, or issue that they might have? Sure. So, uh, you know, our district office is here in the Woodlands. We have another district office in, in Beaumont, but it's in the same parking lot uh, off New Trails as the Black Walnut Cafe. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows where Black Walnut is. We're on the second floor of the building right across the parking lot there. So come come up to your, your Senate office and uh, express your concerns or... Uh, call us at the Capitol at 512-463-0104. All right. Thanks yeah. again for being here. Okay. And I'm sorry you've got to go back on Monday. And no, I, you know, <laughs> I enjoy what we're doing. Uh, I enjoy the, the process. It's been a long year. But yeah. um, it, being in that arena for Montgomery County and the rest of SC4, it, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a, a great privilege, and I appreciate the honor to be able to be there. Thank you. Thanks, JJ. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Between the Trees. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Woodlands Online, for helping us put the program on every week. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Mm -hmm.